You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farah of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. God is ever about bringing us to that place as we grow in grace and mature in Christ, where only He will satisfy. That we never find contentment. Our hunger and thirst, the hunger and thirst of our soul, is never satiated with anything or anyone but Him alone. He alone satisfies. God has gone to great lengths for you, and He continues to do so. You may have a hard time seeing it in the midst of your trials. You may even start to blame God and grow angry. But as Pastor J.D. encourages us in today's message... God allows those situations as an opportunity for you to grow in your reliance on Him. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Psalms, chapter 119, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. God wants to do something grand and glorious in our lives, but we're too comfortable. Our roots are down too deep in the soil of this temporal world. So how's he ever going to get us from point A to point B? Oh, I know. (laughs) I'll get his attention. And so he allows adversity to strike. God, why are you allowing this? Oh, well, now you want to talk. You were too busy before. I was waiting here early in the morning for you to rise up and seek me. And apparently that wasn't on your calendar. Oh, but now you want to talk. Okay, well, let's talk. I never imagined God being mean or cruel. No, He loves us. And sometimes He wants our undivided attention, and if affliction is the only way to get our undivided attention, well then guess what? Affliction it is. And apparently the psalmist in this section is writing about a season in his life where he was getting away from the Lord. Perhaps we can presume that things were going well for him, and he was prospering. And the reason I say that and believe that is because of what he says in 71 and 72. Listen, he says, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. In other words, the inference is, I would not have learned this any other way absent the affliction. And then in verse 72 he says, The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. Did you catch that? might be reading too much into this, and if I am you'll forgive me, but it seems to me that the psalmist had coins of gold and silver. He had tasted from the cup of prosperity. And Because of the affliction, it brought him back to reality so that God's Word, the Word of God and the God of the Word became of infinite more value to him than any of the treasures that this world 
has to offer. I'll tell you, God is ever about bringing us to that place. He's a jealous God, not jealous of us, jealous for us in the sense that like in the commandments, the Ten Commandments, he says, thou shalt have no other gods before me. You know why? Because those are no gods at all. They cannot be there for you. These are inanimate objects. These are false gods. I am the Lord your God. Throughout the Old Testament we see this repeatedly, I mean replete throughout the Old Testament, God declares to the Israelites, I am the Lord your God. That's not your God. I think of when Aaron, when Moses, it seemed, wasn't coming back from Mount Sinai, he caved and faltered and acquiesced to the pressure from the Israelites. Moses isn't coming back. We need a new God. We need a God to worship. So what does Aaron do? Oh my goodness. He takes all that gold that they got from Egypt in the Exodus, and he makes this golden calf, and then in the most unspeakable sexual sin, they worshiped this golden calf. And Aaron would have the audacity to declare to the Israelites, behold, this is the God that delivered you out of Egypt. Really? And then here comes Moses. Uh oh. <laughs> and when he confronts his brother Aaron, Aaron's response is humorous. This is one of those places where I'm convinced that God has a great sense of humor. I mean, I see that every morning when I look at my face in the mirror, but I mean, he, he, he says to Moses, okay, so, you know, it was weird. The weirdest thing is so weird, okay? So I, I, I had this gold and I threw it into the fire and poof, out comes this golden calf. It's so weird. Really? Well, you know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say. Here's the point. God is ever about bringing us to that place as we grow in grace and mature in Christ, where only He will satisfy. That we never find contentment. Our hunger and thirst, the hunger and thirst of our soul, is never satiated with anything or anyone but Him alone. He alone satisfies. And the Word of God, the psalmist says, is better to me than all of those riches. Thousands, literally thousands of these gold and silver coins. Well, we've come to a section here in Psalm 119 that I think requires us to give it the needed time and attention. I actually had considered going further into the psalm, but I just sensed that the Lord would have me end with this because of what is here in this. And here's why. It deals with this matter of how God deals with us, the way that God deals with us as His servants. 
The way that God deals with us is to do everything and stop at nothing in order to keep us from straying. And that's why he allows affliction, trials, pain, and suffering. It's good. Doesn't seem like it's good. I don't like to go through trials and difficulty and hardship and pain and suffering, especially pain. I have such a low tolerance for pain. Oh my goodness, my wife, you know, all of our children, all but Noel, were natural childbirth, and I was there, and I have a profound respect for women, and especially my wife. The amount of pain, I mean, she has a tolerance for pain that is just remarkable, and I, I'm so envious, because if I get a hangnail, I'm praying and fasting, I'm on my face, oh God, this is so painful, my little hangnail. Really? Yeah. I am such a wimp when it comes to pain, certainly in the physical, but more so in the realm of the emotional and the spiritual. Here's the truth. When things are good and our lives are comfortable, wouldn't you agree that we're prone to become lukewarm? We are not as interested in the things of God. We're certainly not as reliant and dependent upon the Lord as we would be if we were going through difficulty. It's when we're going through that difficulty, that hardship, that trial, that affliction, that pain, and that suffering that we press into Him. I think it was Corey Tin Boom who famously said, you'll never know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. You know, as I listen to these great men and women of God share their experience with the Lord over the years, I mean a, a depth of character that only comes when one is intimately close with the Lord. I mean, <laughs> it, it is... It is so admirable. It is so remarkable. And they'll share things like, you know, there was a season in my life where it wasn't just taking one day at a time. It was moment by moment. The only way I was able to get through what God had allowed into my life was moment by moment I had to trust Him. I was in constant conscious communion with Him. I had to. That was the only way. And had it not been for the affliction, I would have went astray. Think about this. Have you ever had that time in your life where you look back in hindsight over a great season of difficulty? One of those deep anguishes of the soul, dark passage of the night, as they've been called. And you remember those times with great fondness because of the closeness that you had with the Lord. You almost look back with this reminiscing of how close you were to the Lord during that time. You almost kind of miss it, so much so that you almost find yourself thanking God as painful as it was. You wouldn't trade it for the world because of the closeness and the intimacy that you had 
with the Lord during that time of affliction. You could say like the psalmist in verse 65, you have dealt well with your servant. It didn't seem like it at the time, but what you did was good. It was good for you to afflict me. I realize that now. I see that now. It was good that you afflicted. You did well with me, your servant. I never thought I'd be saying that. In fact, there were many times during that trial where, (laughs) sadly, I was saying the opposite of that. God, why are you doing this? That's the wrong question. You cannot answer a wrong question with a right answer. If the question is wrong, the question needs to be right first before you ask it, let alone answer it. The question should not be, God, why are you doing this to me? The question should be, God, what are you doing by allowing this to happen to me? And it's almost with a sanctified anticipation where you say, okay, Lord, obviously you're up to something. This thing is too big, too perplexing, too impossible. It's got your fingerprints all over it. What are you doing, Lord? What are you up to, Lord? Okay, Lord, you've got my attention. I think of that hymn of old. I I love that hymn. My mom used to make me sing it as a little boy in church out of the hymnal. It was hymn number 272. I can remember that too. And it's that classic hymn, Have Thine Own Way. Have Thine Own Way, Lord. Have Thine Own Way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me after Thy will. And this is the hard one for me. While I am waiting, yielded and still. When is it that we're yielded? Oh, when we've been broken. I'm rereading a book. It's a classic in my library written by Roy Hessian. It's called The Calvary Road. I wouldn't recommend this book for the faint at heart. I'm now going through it again in my devotional time. I forget how many, I've lost count of how many times I've written, uh, I've read this book over the years. But it's really interesting because I was thinking about this on the way here tonight. You know how it is when you read a book when you're younger in the Lord, and then many years go by. In this case, I mean, I've been reading this book for over 30 years. And then here I am now some, I don't know how many, 30 plus years later, reading it again at the place I'm in in my life. And I mean, God is just showing me things. And I've read it so many times before, like the Word of God, where God is saying to me, you weren't at the place to receive that when you read it the last time. You are now. What's changed? Oh, there's been a a breaking in your life. Your will has been broken to my will. And there's no way that I could have ever broken your will to my will unless I had allowed the affliction. And I'm dealing well with you. And what I'm doing is good. And you'll see that it's good. And you'll be glad that I did it as hard as it was because of what I showed you in and through that affliction. 
When the psalmist says that the way God dealt with him in afflicting him was good, it was good. It was good that you did that, Lord. So much so that my intimacy with you, and is that not what the Lord is doing in our lives? You know, we're so quick to quote Romans 8, 28, nothing wrong with that. But I think we sort of gloss over and blow off and shine on the next verse in verse 29, because a couple of thoughts here, you know, we know, not hope, think, wish, desire, that all things work together for the good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. No, we know, okay, well, I love God. I'm called according to His purpose. You are? Yeah. Do you know what His purpose is? Oh, it's to conform you into the image of Jesus Christ. So that's the potter and the clay. And what does the potter do with the clay? Well, first the potter has to take that clay, which is basically dirt, you know, mud. That's what we are, the dust of the earth. And the first thing he has to do to make a beautiful vessel, holy and acceptable to him, usable, he takes that clay and he starts taking all the gook out of the middle. That's really painful. I don't like that part. <laughs> and he takes that clay vessel and he puts it on the potter's wheel. And that thing starts spinning around really fast. Those are those times in your life when you're just, <laughs> your head is spinning. Oh God, what is going on? And then he, while you're spinning on that potter's wheel, he takes his hand and here comes the the heavy hand of the Lord, and pow! And He's shaping you now. He's, he's, you're His workmanship. It's poema in the original language of the Greek New Testament, where we get our English word for poem. We're His work of art. He's, he's making us as His work of art. And you know how the artist will put His name on the finished product, on the finished work? Well, the book of Revelation tells us He's going to put His name on us. He's the potter, we're the clay. And then once He shaped us on that potter's wheel, He takes us off and He puts us in what I would argue is one of the most appropriately named things for a fiery hot furnace. It's called the kiln. You're killing me, God. <laughs> he puts you in that furnace. Isaiah says he has chosen the furnace of affliction to refine you. That's how we're refined, like the goldsmith takes that gold and puts it in that fire and heats it up and all the gook and all the dross comes to the top and then the goldsmith scrapes it off and he knows he has pure gold when he can see his image reflected in that gold. Conforming us, purifying us, afflicting us, if you please, into the image of Jesus Christ. Here's a, another thought on that. You know, we, we say, okay, God's going to work this out for the good. All things, doesn't mean all things are good. I mean, things are bad, 
But God, as only He can, orchestrates the circumstances, choreographs the steps, and He makes good out of that bad. Again, as only He can. But let's not redefine good. Because good to us is not necessarily the same definition as good to Him. You know what good to Him is? Good to Him is if that affliction, that trial, that hardship, that pain and suffering makes you more compassionate. That's the good that God brings out of the bad. That's the good that God works. When you are more compassionate towards others, it makes you more humble. Before the affliction you were full of yourself, full of pride. I I was thinking again about the Calvary Road and Hessian writes about how that God desires to fill our cups to overflowing. But He can't fill dirty cups. So we have to take our sin to Him, and He has to cleanse that sin so that He can then in turn fill us to overflowing. And the problem is, is that we come to Him unbroken. I'll tell you, one of the things that I'm, maybe I'm too hypersensitive, only because I've been on the receiving end of the glorious brokenness of God. I say glorious brokenness because as painful as it's been when God has broken me and continues to break me, I welcome it now. (laughs) He deals well with His servant. It was good for Him to break me good for him to afflict me. But I tell you, I, I, I have a keen eye, because I know of it in my own life, when I see someone who is unbroken, unbroken. They've never yet been broken. And when they are broken, oh, what God can do with broken vessels. The blessing never precedes the brokenness. So a number of years ago, this was actually back in the early 80s, I was a young believer, and I happened upon this writing by one G.D. Watson. It's titled, Others May, You Cannot. And over the years, God has reminded me of it and drawn me to it, and I've kind of blown the dust off of it and reread it, and in so doing, God has really used it in my life in a powerful way. There's a lot to learn from the book of Psalms, and we're so glad you've joined us to sift through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. The range of emotions expressed in the pages we've been studying give us an accurate and beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father, the almighty and loving Creator of the world. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to share how you can access more of these messages right now. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. 
Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and access to the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. Again, that address is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's Word today. We pray it's blessed and encouraged you greatly. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Psalms when you join us next time, right here on In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 